0: super talk mississippi media production
1: have you heard all the rave about the new quick grill located inside the be quick chevron on veterans boulevard come visit be quick chevron along with quick grill be quick food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store wherever you are this is rebecca turner and thank you for listening to the good things podcast here on super talk mississippi
0: it's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well,
2: I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi here I come. You're
0: listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon, Super Top Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. So we are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. You'll see I am not alone in the studio today, which always brings me so much joy. I got several ladies uh, with us with the Mississippi chapter of the Alzheimer's. Association and they're up to some pretty good things we got Terry who is the executive director for the Mississippi chapter we've got Kristen White and Lainey McNair joining her as well so welcome ladies Welcome. Thanks so much for having us. I was going to say, you know, it's a happy uh, Alzheimer's Awareness Month, but that was September, but nothing like being, you know, just a little behind. I think every day is a good day to raise awareness about Alzheimer's and the good work you guys are doing there at the association. So, Terry, I'm going to start with you. When someone asks about the Alzheimer's Association here in Mississippi, how do you describe what the chapter does or how it helps the, the greater
3: national organization? The best way for me to describe is the reason that I came to work for the Alzheimer's Association, and it's the care and support that we provide, the advocacy that we do on behalf of those who are living with dementia or Alzheimer's, um, the caregiver resources that we provide, the education programs. We are here fighting for the rights of everyone, including the caregivers, respite care bills, getting folks trained, you name it, we've got it, and we're working towards making sure that brain health is appropriate. Priority for everyone. Well,
1: you think about,
3: you know, just because someone
1: in your family may be living or managing Alzheimer's, it doesn't, it affects so many more, the ripple effect with that. And so when you're raising awareness, it's important to talk about everyone who may come in, you know, be involved in the caring as well as just in the everyday decision making with someone um, who's walking through that. Do you know by chance, Terry, like roughly any statistics or numbers with Mississippi, how many families may be um, living with or helping to
3: care for someone with Alzheimer's or dementia Absolutely. And Kristen can answer that as well.
4: I kn- there are 57,000 Mississippians who are living with the disease. I want to say the number of caregivers is around 112,000. And so those are just unpaid caregivers. Those uh, friends and family members that had to take off work or come in like, quit their jobs to care for someone living with the disease. So it definitely affects the whole family.
1: It's not just one person living with the disease. So if you feel like you're alone, because it can feel like a very lonely and isolating uh, disease to, to either walk through or to manage you're not like obviously and that's not necessarily supposed to be encouraging because it's not something you want more of but to knowing that there are other people out there who are walking a daily life uh you know trying to do their best they can and that's where i know the um, association does a really good job of trying to create that uh, vacuum of support Absolutely. We have caregiver support groups here at
4: our chapter office and uh, across the state. For caregivers to get that support from one another, we have a helpline that's available 24-7 that caregivers can call and get information and resources or just have a care consultation and kind of talk about some things that they're going through. Uh, but one of the most things that we hear often is we heard about you guys too late. You know, and that's something I hate to hear because, uh, and that's part of the reason we want to spread more awareness is to let people know they don't have to go through this disease alone.
1: Lainey, it's never too late to reach out for help, is it?
5: Never too late. And, you know, one of the things that I do in my pillar with the association is I'm the advocacy director along with being the public policy director. And something that gives people a really great chance to get involved is through our advocacy team. Every year during the legislative session, we'll have a day down at the Capitol where we take lots of volunteers and we can meet with our legislators one-on-one and talk with them about what Mississippians need. Mostly caregivers are the ones who need the most support. But um if anyone is interested in getting involved with our advocacy team just reach out to us through our Facebook page and we'll get back with you.
1: You know, you forget about all the different elements to I guess fighting for those that you love that are managing chronic diseases. I mean, Alzheimer's here obviously, but then others that come to mind. And I, I often forget about the policy piece. Like Laney, where there are things that, that can be legislatively done or sort of thought through that can make and make the support easier to get or just expanding that support. Could you touch on maybe
5: what are some of the things that you guys are hoping to either bring to the attention or push through? Well, in the last couple of years, we have passed a new dementia-specific respite care program in Mississippi. We're still looking to get some federal funding for that to really get it off the ground, but we'll start with 55 patients with that, and we should be rolling that out within the next year, but that's something that we've been working on, and I think in our next session, we'll be talking a lot about our first responders and getting some additional dementia-specific training. Involved, You know, we talk about it's the Alzheimer's Association, but then we're forgetting the word dementia
1: it throws into that. And I think people think that's it is two different things, but then they fall under the same umbrella. So how do you ladies explain that to someone when they're trying to understand the difference, but yet the similarities and what came, you know, what comes first, chicken or the egg? So
4: that's a very common question, probably one of the most common questions I get is what's the difference and while we are the Alzheimer's Association, our technical name is Alzheimer's and all other types of dementia association. Of course, that's too much to say, so we just say <laughs> alzheimer's <laughs> association. um but the way I, I like to compare it to um is it, not apples to apples with cancer, but when you say you have cancer, you ask what type of cancer. So when somebody says you have dementia. What type of dementia? Alzheimer's is just one type of dementia. You have vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal of dementia, and they're finding so many other types. And so, Alzheimer's is just one type of dementia.
1: This sort of falls under that umbrella. And if you have any of those forms of dementia, right, Terry, you can come to the Alzheimer's Association and get help or support in any of the different programs. Because you're right; it kind of, you know, it's, it feels like you do need that big title, but it wouldn't fit on your on your um on your cards. But
3: that there's still help for anyone that's dealing with a disease in that sort of umbrella. Absolutely. It's all-encompassing. And in Mississippi, we've got to make sure that people realize, uh, you might not realize this, that uh, Mississippi is number one in deaths in the country mm-hmm. from Alzheimer's. We've also got um, unbelievable stats. Hines County is number five per capita in the country. And then there's the one stat that gets me every single time. And I'm not a numbers person. I'm a feelings person. But for some reason, this one really hits home. Home. Alzheimer's kills more people than breast cancer, prostate cancer, and automobile accidents combined every year. So when you start to think about that, you're like, wait a minute. So we worry about getting, you know, the diagnosis that we get. And it's like, okay, so where do you go from here? And that's why it's really important for us to push these push out this agenda so that folks know this is something that affects everyone it affects the whole family and disproportionately affects folks in Mississippi so we got to make sure that people know about the stats in Mississippi
1: and not finding out too late. I mean, I know you mentioned like coming to the Alzheimer's Association too late, which you ladies said, it's never too late to ask for help, no matter where you're at. But I also would say don't, don't wait till, I mean, don't wait till it's too late. If you have, if you know or have family history or, or just have like the red flags, like the sooner you can be informed about your own health or future health, potential health, then the better you're going to be. Am I right with that?
4: Absolutely. The sooner you get a diagnosis, uh, you have more time to plan. And for the future. You also have access to clinical trials and medications. There's medications on the market right now that help address the symptoms. You know, they can kind of mask the symptoms for a little while. Um, however, the very first Medication got full FDA approval back in July that actually slows down the progression of the disease. However, you have to be in the very early stages of the disease. So that early detection is very important. But when we talk about good things, that is one good thing that is happening in the Alzheimer's arena right now is um, the advances in the research
1: and I would say too, then the good thing also is don't be in denial, cause it like don't, I know, I know how you, you specifically, you men listening to good things are, you don't want to think about it, you want to push it off, you want to not go to the doctor, you don't want to listen to your wives, and then you women, you just want to, you know, keep pushing yourself to the back burner, you're taking care of everybody else, you'll, you'll wait till next year, you'll go next go around, and it's like, no, like we need to, we need to be on top of it now. Yeah, and it's
4: hard because sometimes people just brush it off as normal aging. Uh, we're working with the Department of Health right now on a campaign called "Know Where Alzheimer's Hides," and it's a you know public health awareness campaign about the warning signs of the disease and how else they can kind of just sneak in there and sometimes be brushed off as normal aging. And so, trying to let people know what to be on the lookout for. What will some of those be? Obviously, um, you know loss of um, recently learned information. So uh, but that's something that affects your normal daily living. Something Me
1: <laughs> We're all a little forgetful. Too. I know but and, but that's the thing, like, you know, you may brush it off but but and some other things are, you know,
4: things that you've done your entire life and then all of a sudden having trouble, whether that be cooking a familiar recipe or driving to mm, that's your home one. or your grocery store that you've drove in your entire life and then all of a sudden you get lost. Um, those are big red flags
1: um, that could be dementia. Well, you guys don't get lost on your station. We've got more with the Ladies with the Alzheimer's Association coming up next.
0: If you just say the words I, I'll open and oh, to you, ooh, you. Ooh, I oh, to you. Ooh, ooh, I divido. making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm the morning time and yeah. we're going strong.
1: back to good things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. We're continuing our conversations with the ladies from the Mississippi chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. And Kristen, you were giving us a great kind of rundown of some of those red flags to look for in terms of developing not just Alzheimer's, but also dementia. I would think any of those would sort of fall into that. And I think folks are like, okay, I get it. I start to miss things. But let's back up from that. Like People want to modify their risk, Terry. Folks don't want to you know, go one more day with doing anything that may set the stage for them developing down the down the road From the Alzheimer's Association's perspective, what are some of those things we can
3: control? Because to some degree, you can't control it, but then there are some things you can. There are. There are modifiable risk factors, and everybody should know these. We have this amazing education program that is 10 Ways to Love Your Brain, and we've got a one sheet that's on our website. By the way, let me throw it out there, ALZ.org, that talks about 10 Ways to Love Your Brain. And there's some basic things, of course, nutrition and getting up and moving. We all know. Just get up out of your chair move you know if you can move that blood through into your brain it's good for you if it's good for your heart it's good for your brain there's things like that and then there's a lot of other ways being social getting out of the house doing things that make you work your brain Kristen we've got so many different modifiable risk factors that we try to teach people about and it's not anything that's super heavy lifting
4: no, it, it's yeah. really not. It, it's thing that things that we've talked about our entire lives. You know, when she talked about heart health, um, we all know what we need to do to be heart healthy: um, get some exercise, do some cardiovascular activity, eat a healthy diet. Um, but we know now that those things really do make a difference. You know, Mississippi is highest on the the prevalence and death rate because we have high prevalence of diabetes and high blood pressure, and those things um, increase your risk. So anything you can do to decrease those numbers. Um, will
1: and Lead to a a decreased risk for Alzheimer's. Which I think is something we all should hear over and over and over again. So even if you haven't gone to get screened, and I'm not even sure if there are screenings yet that are really uh, available for everybody for Alzheimer's or dementia, but you can know your blood pressure. You can find that out at just about any local pharmacy or, you know, going for your wellness visits and, you know, keeping that in check is kind of that first line defense for just about everything, um, everything else. Another way of learning more and talking about getting out and, and moving is maybe getting out to enjoy the walk, I know you guys have great fundraisers because it's not cheap doing all the the um, policy work as well as community work that you guys do.
3: So you have your fundraisers for that and your events. So tell me about the about the walk. The biggest one in the state of Mississippi is coming up next Saturday on October 14th. And yes, we did you a favor by choosing a day that two of our SEC teams here in the state of Mississippi have a bye week. You it did ha- that on purpose, didn't you? Uh, we we absolutely <laughs> did that on purpose. It happens to be JSU homecoming, but. We We start nice and early, so we'll get a lot of folks out there. October 14th, we will be doing the Walk to End Alzheimer's. 630 of these happen across the country. The biggest one in the state happens right here. We're looking for upwards of 600 people in one place. It's celebratory. It is absolutely amazing. We cry, we laugh, we have a blast. We've got a steel band coming in, so we're going to have this fantastic little island flair. We've got cheerleaders, and we have a chance for people to share their stories. We have a chance for people to gather together to do just what we're talking about socially. We're also going to walk. We're going to do so many different things, and the way for you to be a part of it is really simple. ALZ.org slash walk, and then search for Mississippi, and you'll find our walk. We are looking to raise $200,000 this year, which will go a long way. It will break records. And I promise you, if you ever go to a walk to end Alzheimer's, you will be there every single day year. You can't help but go back. It's that moving.
1: And don't wait until the person in your life that's managing Alzheimer's, you know, transitions, because this is a time to recognize that you're not alone, to fellowship with people who are going through like, uh, like-minded like waters, but not the same, because I know every diagnosis is different. Every situation is sort of sort of set up different. But I feel like so so many times people just hold back or, or reserve instead of sort of, one thing cancer does better. They bring everybody who is, con- who is actively Um, I guess managing it or living through it better together more than I think some other diseases do. So we need to get people out of the out of your homes and get out and just recognize that you're not alone I think is the main part and there's support out there for you.
4: Absolutely and at the walk there will be vendors and community resources there that they can learn about to find resources and another resource that we have is our caregiver conference coming up in November. It is virtual uh, but it will be eight different sessions on uh, behavior, how to handle some of the behaviors on the disease, on uh, communications, on activities to do with someone with the disease and so that is a free conference, and so you can find that out on our website at alz.org/ms as well.
1: And if you are a caregiver listening and maybe you're struggling, so Terry, I know that's a hard thing to do to to say out loud would be I'm a caregiver and I'm exhausted or I maybe, you know, I, there's not always good days. Um, and I know this is good things, but I think it, really speaking to the fact that you can be seen and validated in your exhaustion of giving care to someone that you love that's battling something that, you know, just seems to have stolen them away. What would be your plea for them to reach out to get connected, don't don't just fly under the
3: radar? Well, as being someone who was a caregiver, I lost my mom a year ago today to Alzheimer's, and you do feel, Absolutely alone, even with a house full of people who are there to help take care of mom, grandma, your uncle, your father, your brother, whomever it happens to be. You feel 100 percent isolated. And that is not the case. We are here for you. You can give us a call. I have people. My my personal mobile number is on all of the Alzheimer's Association websites and I do get calls from people and it's really just they need someone to listen there is so many things for you to do physically but it's really hard for you to handle the mental aspect of it and that is one thing that the Alzheimer's Association and Kristen's department with Karen with Karen uh, support does amazingly well providing you with information providing you with education so that you feel like oh my gosh what I'm doing is making a difference Once I went through that communications training, once I went through the behaviors training, because my mom wasn't one of those who was the sweet little old lady that forgot things. She had those behaviors that we had to modify. Once I had gone through those, the relationship I had with my mother exponentially became better. Almost immediately, I could communicate with her better. I knew how to take care of that behavior. I knew when it was a behavior I needed to bring someone else in for. So being able to find those resources, call us, find our website. We will help you. And that is part of being a caregiver. Uh, The best caregiver you can be is the kind that reaches out for help and then also takes care of yourself. You are Exhausted,
1: and you're important.
3: You're an important piece of this,
1: even though it's not you managing the disease. You, you're you have worth and value too with your with your own health and sort of taking care of yourself. And then the bigger picture, Lanny, in terms of like policy or because we often think we can't really impact that. That we really that's that's what y'all do, right? Like or those at the Capitol. I know it's not session yet. Think probably thank goodness, right? <laughs> um, it's got you know you got a little bit, but what? How could people at least get more involved if they wanted to? And what's going to be going on or what you guys are looking forward to or looking to push or to talk about?
5: We will have an advocacy tent at our walk next weekend on the 14th in Ridgeland at Holmes Community College. But also, if you just reach out to us on our Facebook page and they'll direct you to me, send you my email address, and I would love to get you involved. Um, like I said, our day at the Capitol won't be until probably late February, but we, we would love to have more volunteers there that day. And you don't have to meet one-on-one with your legislators. There are lots of things our volunteers do. Just send out emails to our congressmen or, you know, you, you don't have to meet one-on-one. It's not as intimidating as it sounds, but to have a group there and show up, it really means a lot for our legislators to see how many people are going through this and to hear the voice of the caregivers and the patients and what they need.
1: Because the numbers are staggering. How many
3: Mississippian caregivers did you say? hundred and thirteen thousand unpaid. So that doesn't count the uh, folks that work in the medical profession that are also helping care give for our loved ones who are living with dementia or Alzheimer's. So that's a hundred plus thousand folks that should come out and walk on Saturday and and get connected. If we
1: want to, do you have to have a team? Do you have to be signed up? Is it or can we just show up and enjoy
3: Saturday? What are the logistics on that? It's really simple. We are one of the very few walks that charges nothing to register. You don't pay a certain amount and then get a free t-shirt. That's not how it works. We want access for everyone. You do have to be registered. It's really simple. If you want to register, you can go to alz.org slash walk, or you can come out that day. We'll register you on site. You can register as a team. You can register as an individual. Of course, we ask everyone to do some fundraising, but you don't have to to be a part of our walk. We have people living with dementia at our walk. We have caregivers who just don't have the funds in which to do it, and then they ask one person and they end up raising seven thousand dollars and that happens on a regular basis the main thing is getting the word out learning about it taking advantage of the resources that we have on site and becoming a part of the community that we are here as caregivers
1: because it's something that we're all going to face at some point in time whether it's ourself or a loved one or a friend it's it's here it's in our communities and we need to we need to be uh, more fellowship about it and bring it out so thank you all for your time today and you guys stick with us We'll get more for you coming up next. Thank you. Things. don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm we're also streaming from the supertalk mississippi app we hope you know you can always find us too on your local supertalk mississippi radio station and we've got another good thing for you ace scholarships program has started up in mississippi and david olson is the founder and they are up to some really good things so hey david
6: Hey, how are you doing? I
1: am not going to complain. I'm loving the, the cooler weather and all the changes that are coming with the season. So it's definitely a good thing. I'm also loving what you're doing with your ACE scholarship program. So give us some background. How did this come, come about?
6: Yeah, well, first got to say, you and Rhino do such a great show. You're both funny. The stuff you bring, just like the last guests, I mean, really meaningful. My mom passed away from Alzheimer's several years ago, and just the stuff that you bring is top-notch, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. Um, Ace Scholarships is another good news piece, particularly for Mississippi. Uh, we started 20 years ago, almost 25 years ago, in Colorado with a mission to provide a quality education for every child, and it doesn't seem like it's too much to ask. You know, our, our mission is to provide children of lower income families with scholarships for private school K through 12 education. And so, you know, we're based out of Colorado. We operate out of 12 States right now and, you know, Mississippi is the newest. There's a need here. And so I joined the company and we've launched this program. And just in this first year, we've impacted the lives of 350 scholars, students, K-12, through around Mississippi. So it's really exciting news.
1: This is neat, David. I I mean, you often think about, you know, students in high school already talking about, you know, I've got a sixth grader, we're already talking about, you know, this would be good for scholarships, this, you know, sort of thinking about in terms of college applications and all of that to to give to their higher education. But this is the first I've actually thought about, oh, you can actually – get scholarships or have that sort of mindset for families or parents who are looking to maybe send their kids to somewhere different you know in their in their grade school oftentimes do you find david that it's just they're not i want to use the word landlocked because that just means that you know with water but they're locked in their location and they're not able to move or afford to move into into better um better places for schools is that one of the main reasons they want to send their kids somewhere else
6: It's exactly right. You know, um, regardless of what you think on the policy side of education, the quality of an education is dictated by five simple numbers, and that's someone's zip code. And so, you know, most of the middle and higher income families have school of choice. They can move to a better county where there's better schools, uh, or they can opt to invest in their kids and send them to a private school. It's the lower-income families that don't have this option and are really stuck in an area based on the zip code, um, and that's typically where there are some, you know, lower-quality schools and, and poor education.
1: And then a parent feels frustrated. So the first thing I, I hear about this that I like, David, is the fact you've got an invested parent, right? You've got someone who is looking for ways for their child to get a better education or meet an education level that, you know, meets the student's drive uh, for education. And you always want that person to be able to get connected um, with it if that's what they if they want or sort of desire. And it's not like a full ride. Like you mentioned, they were sort of partial sort of scholarships. So how do you, how does ACE match with the families who who then become recipients for their children?
6: Yeah, so ACE um, comes beside the parents who want to have a choice for their student. And we have a really neat model that's blended. So um, we provide scholarships through private donors, um, and we bring that scholarship money to a parent that has applied that wants to make a, a change and go to a private school. Um, that parent also makes an investment and it's based on their income and they've got skin in the game and the school will also provide a discount on tuition so it's three parties coming together for that student each giving a little bit so that student has a great opportunity and you touched on something really wonderful that we have so many great parents who just want something different for their kids and it, it might be um, an issue of safety at a school. It might be bullying. It might be that they just want the education to be better. And what we found is not only is the education better, some statistics, eighth, uh, third-grade reading proficiency is at 52%, where the public school students are at 32%. Our eighth-grade math proficiency is at 49%, where the public school is at 26% staggering differences. But what we uh, find also is that our parents are more actively involved in their kids' education and in their life. They're more likely to sit down at dinner and talk about school. They're more than likely to help them with their homework. Uh, They're more likely to participate with school events. So it's really exciting to see. And again, we're new in Mississippi, We've just launched this program, but we're operating of 39 schools around the state. Most are in the Jackson area, I think about 15. The rest are in outlying areas all the way up north to down south in Biloxi and around. And so we're really excited to to continue this growth.
1: Well, you think about, too, when I think everyone would think it's a good thing and would invest in helping families break generational poverty or break, you know, sort of the cycle that we can sort of see that happens in those uh, certain communities. And one way of doing that is getting the children out, right? And you may not physically can get them out due to where their parents are at or sort of the limitations there. But if you can get them out and get them with a higher education, give them the opportunity to dream big and then go on to university or, you know, uh, Uh, Go into the military or whatever they may want to be. You have now broke the cycle. You've given. uh, You've you've uh, you've created growth in another in another direction for the family legacy. And so, to me, the ripple effect behind that you just you just don't know you know where it's going to go or or how it's going to blossom sort of from there. So I think this is this is cool. So how do how do people listening to Good Things, David, get involved? Whether they're a school listening that would like to be you know the third partner or they're a parent listening or someone who might would like to support or sponsor? How does all those pieces work?
6: Sure. Well, you can go to our website, which is org. It's the national website. Uh, you can email me directly at d-o-l-s-o-n at acescholarships.org. We have application process for students wanting to get into a private school and look at Uh, tuition assistance. That opens up in February. We make our selections closer to May. Um, And a lot of students hear about us through our schools where we're operating. Uh, But if you're a school that's looking to uh, join or maybe have a need, certainly email me. And then this doesn't happen without our donors. Um, And so if you have a heart for giving towards education in the K-12 space, uh please email me, uh track me down, I'm on LinkedIn, um and I would love to meet with you and talk about some of the opportunities that we have to, to help the kids that need it most.
1: And is this children at any age in K twelve uh David? Is it like uh elementary, middle school, even even high school? I mean do you have children that sort of are transitioning or getting or I like that you call them scholars or becoming scholars at any age?
6: yeah k through twelve. and what we tend to do is you know if we've got uh, a child with or a family with multiple kids we we get them all into that same school. Um, you know, one example, I was at the Redeemer School in Jackson. It's not in the greatest neighborhood. It's an urban Christian school that serves k through eight uh, for lower income families. And you know what I was out there the other day. I went through the tour. We've got uh, a bunch of scholars in that school and checking in on them. And, you know, that whole school is a beacon in the community. It's an anchor for that community. That day they were having donuts with dudes where the um, male students, the boys, would have their significant mentor or their, you know, father, if they had one, uncles, cousins, role models, come in and have donuts with them. And uh, it was neat to see the community just come together in that school and uh, share some of those moments. And the kids really enjoyed having their mentors there, their uncles, their dads, and so they're building a little community. And and I tend to see that throughout the state where we go. It's it's really impressive, and it's just a great news story.
1: Well, it's a great story all around, but it also provides hope for parents or caregivers listening that you do have options, even if you don't think that you do in terms of your children's education, and it's at least worth looking into. So, David, where do we go one more time to learn more about ACE programs?
6: to the, the national website is acescholarships.org, and you can email me directly at d-o-l-s-o-n at acescholarships.org.
1: All right, David. Well, we appreciate you listening to Good Things and for your time and what you're doing here in our communities. I appreciate you.
6: Hey, thank you so much.
1: All right, you guys stick with us. We've got a few more things for you coming up next.
0: We get a little crazy. No, I never, never we are a little crazy. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Don't forget you can just so we are on computer your mobile device just head on over to Super Talk TV and many of you may be headed out to the Mississippi State Fair tonight it is the opening night of the 164th annual Mississippi State Fair it's going on at the state fairgrounds you got rides you got fair food games, rodeos, concerts and more and so we want to give you a chance to win a four pack of tickets plus one parking pass so just to let you know you better pick four people that you love when you want to ride in your car or tell them they need a pony up for their own parking, parking money but there you go all right, so today, let's see, be the
2: 13th, that's, lucky number 13.
1: That's Taylor Swift's favorite number. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself, <laughs> only because you were her least favorite fan. Oh, you, there's Apparently, not I'm
2: in the minority. Apparently, something like 52% of adults in America consider themselves Swifties. I'm happy to be in the minority on that. Really? What poll
1: was that? I didn't take no poll. I'm not a Swifty, but I'm not a Swifty hater. I appreciate the 30,000 foot view of everybody else. Who who has a has a opinion about either side of of the fence, if that makes like I I neutral. I'm Switzerland, but Switzerland doesn't always stay neutral on everything. But is that right? Is it Switzerland?
2: <laughs> okay. They're notoriously neutral.
1: They're notorious, probably to their demise. Like they are so so neutral, it's it's boring. Okay, thirteenth.
2: Be the thirteenth person.
1: <laughs> to text the ceasefire text line 601 879 4395 with the key phrase, I won't do Swiftie just for you. <laughs> I almost did it. <laughs> corn dog. Let's do corn dog. So that's two words, but still corn dog. 13th person 601 879 4395. And you will wear win a four pack pair of tickets with one parking pass. Uh, to the Mississippi if we didn't have
2: rules. I would just pull an executive decision and give it to the person that text in Swifterland
1: <laughs> I should get a I should get a you know they have I can't even think of his name is it Travis I don't know the football person yeah that what's do you know their meet their new media name? you know they always make names nope. I don't either but i I feel like I've seen it but um as as y'all learned yesterday, I don't really stay updated on everything that I probably should in, in our in our pop culture and obviously um, in our world. But while you're counting that, just to remind you, you've got the PGA Tour. I do ne- I do know I did know that it is going on here in Mississippi. It's our only PGA Tour event. You've got the Boys with Sports Talk Mississippi. They're going to be there um, t- tonight from 3 to 6 coming up next. I'm sure they're already there. And if I remember right, I think Michael Borky has been there all day uh, watching golf and enjoying it as as you should, if you're someone who enjoys the sport. I get out and celebrate that that's here in our state. And then coming up tomorrow, you've got Gerard Gibbert. He's going to be there from 10 to 1. And then the boys with Sports Talk will be back there tomorrow from 3 to 6. Do we have a winner?
2: We do. Just waiting to confirm with them.
1: Waiting to confirm with them. Okay. Are you a Herkel Durkler?
2: <laughs> I've been known to Herkel Durkle in my day.
1: So Herkel Durkle is easier to say than Herkel Durkler. durkler, Or have you Herkel Durkled today? Are you Herkel Durkling?
2: I didn't get to Herkel Durkle today.
1: You didn't get to Herkel Durkle today, but will you Herkel Durkle tomorrow?
2: Probably not tomorrow. Do
1: you enjoy Herkel Durkling?
2: I plan to Herkel Durkle on Saturday.
1: (laughs) Do you know what Herkel Durkle means? (laughs) I am going to slip. It's going to slip. I'm going to say something I'm not supposed to. But hercule circle is a real word, and I actually learned it from our very own Mississippi sweet potato queen today. But it's a it's a what did I? It's sweet, a Scottish it's phrase. A Scottish phrase been around
2: for a couple hundred years.
1: And so, in the the lieu of it is if you if you ever like your alarm went off, and then you just laid there a little longer than you should, and you just decided to press pause on hopping out of bed and getting to to the day's task, and you just lounge there for a little while. You herkle durkleed You are herkle Durkling if your alarm clock went off and you rolled over and turned on good things and you are procrastinating whatever it is that you need to do for the rest of the day. I think it's great to herkle durkle until it's not, and then you need to get up and get going. But I didn't know there was an actual word for that.
2: Leave it to the Scots.
1: I feel like it was a very hungover, drowsy person who... Probably answered a well two hundred years ago you wouldn't had a phone, so I came in and was like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, Herkle Durkling. You Herkel Durkled? I Herkle Durkled. And then it just stuck in the lexicon for forever. So on Trivia Night, or if you want to sound really cool or at like a business thing and they're like you need to break the ice and you never know what to say cool about yourself <laughs> just put on the piece of paper. <laughs> I am a Herkle Durkler. And then C, not a, not in a job interview.
2: On the opposite end of that spectrum, it's probably not a good idea to use it in an intimate situation. Hey, honey, <laughs> let's herkle durkle today. Stop. You might get slapped. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go, you learned your vocabulary word for the day. Stick with us. We got more for you. Coming up next, you got the boys with sports talk. They are there at the Sanderson Farms uh Championship. They'll be a lot of fun, but stick with this. Rhino and I'll meet you back here tomorrow at two.